Hey, podcast listeners, hope everybody's doing well. Obviously, a lot of stuff in the air. I hope your anxiety and happiness are, are in check, and I hope your families are well and healthy and safe. Uh, wanted to talk about these, uh, this series I've been doing um, called Marketing for the Now, a six-part series that we're probably going to extend even longer. We've done two episodes. They've been monster hits, um, and, uh, and it's basically an hour-and-a-half, two-hour session in the middle of the day on, uh, on live video and audio. Um, where I talk to some of the best marketers in the world, which are helping uh, small businesses and large businesses around. Uh, if you want to know more about it, look for the uh, tweet every day. If you're not following me on Twitter and you're listening to my podcast, you're making a huge mistake if you're not following. I'm Gary VEE there. That is absolutely the place, along with my text platform and email, my most up-to-date place, but that's by the second because I don't want to bother you on text that often. Uh, but I post a ton on Twitter. Uh, and number two, on the uh, weekly, v, uh, uh, weekly email that you all get on Mondays, uh, there will be a RSVP link in there. Please click that. You should definitely be part of this series. At least four more episodes coming in the coming month. Uh, and, uh, and I have a funny feeling it could be a thing. So please check out Marketing for the Now. Google Marketing for the Now Vaynerchuk. Uh, if you just type in that, Marketing for the Now Vaynerchuk or Gary V. I'm sure you can see the prior two episodes. And I hope you join us and I hope you enjoy today's podcast. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Hey podcast, Joe from Team Gary here. Today's episode is a throwback of a keynote that Gary gave back in 2014 at the Canadian Music Week Digital Media Summit. Enjoy. Please welcome Gary Vaynerchuk. Good afternoon. Um, so there's a lot of places I think I can go with this talk. I'm gonna ask a quick question or two just to contextualize uh, the audience in this way I can decide where to go with it. I also, is that mic, have you guys been doing Q&A with that mic? Is that in play? Okay, good. So then I'll, I'll also wanna do some uh, Q&A to bring where my thesis is maybe down to a little bit more of real life or specific to the context of what you guys do for a living. Um, how many people in this room have no idea who I am or don't know that much about me? Please raise your hand. All right, that fucking hurts. <laughs> Tough start. <laughs> it's a chilly welcome, Toronto. Uh, all right, I kind of thought that would be the case. Uh, I apologize to the other 30, 40%. I'll give a little backstory of who I am because I think it will help really structure where I want to go with this talk. Before I do that, I'll make a, a statement that I think really matters. Um, no matter what you do in this room, um, at the end of the day, the reason I, I care about social media is because it sells shit. And I think it's an important thing for everybody to understand. I'm not a techie, I'm not that romantic about technology. I didn't own a computer until I was 19 years old. Um, I'm not super worried about the gadgets or the technology. Actually, I'm super not interested in it at all. What I'm interested in is human behavior. And specifically, because I'm an entrepreneur and a salesman, I care about what it does and how it does to end to a goal within commerce. Right, I think about how it's impacting parenthood and, you know, and dictatorship and all the other cool things, but specifically where I have a depth of knowledge is how it makes you buy things. You know, my I like to tell people that I suck 
at 99% of things in business, that I'm actually not that good at a lot of things, but the reason I do think that I will buy the New York Jets, which is a professional football team in America, that will cost me billions of dollars, is because I have one move, one move that has brought me enormous value in my career, and that is I bet on the things that I think all of you are gonna do before you think you're gonna do it. How many people in this room seven years ago said to themselves or to somebody else the following thing? And remember, lying is the devil. How many people said this thing to themselves or to somebody else five, six, seven years ago? I'm not getting a Facebook account. That's for kids. I will never be on Facebook. Raise your hand. Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't get lazy on me. Of those 40 people, how many of you are on Facebook or have a Facebook account? That right there, what you just saw, is basically all I do. I know if this crowd was a little bit older and there's some scattering of it, I'm old too. Uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago, people said they would never get a cell phone. There was a, I mean, people adamantly were like, I'm not getting a cell phone. This pager is fucking good enough, right? Like, that's how people rolled. Like, that's what people believed. And, and on and on and on. I argued with my forward-thinking friends two years ago, the ones that pioneered the POVs around Facebook and Twitter, I'll never forget this, at South by Southwest two years ago in a whole term room with 20, 30 gals and guys that are supposed to be so futuristic and we had an argument where I and one other guy were on one side and the other 18 were on another side on their adoption and behavior around Snapchat, why they thought it was stupid and that they would never use it. All 18 of those forward thinkers now snap me pictures of their boogers or whatever the shit they're doing, right? I mean, this is something I constantly think about and this is something that will never change. As a matter of fact, it's super interesting for me to be here today because under the context of this room, it's even more interesting to me. Let me explain. I was born in communist Russia. I grew up in America. I grew up in the liquor business. I did grow my family business from a three to a $60 million business. The reason I am no longer 100% in the wine business is completely predicated on laws. American laws around alcohol are only second worst to you guys, right? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a really broken system and a lot of protectionism through laws. Breaking down, opening, then closing back up. You know, when I think about the radio industry in the US versus Canada and like the Spotify's and the R High radios and things of that nature, I'm always fascinated, completely fascinated by the notion of people making business decisions hiding behind rules, legalities, or governments because they're just a matter of time. And to me, that is a fascinating variable. What I think about, and I'll get back to that a little bit because I think that's specific and I think we'll save that for Q&A. Let me make this statement. I know I still haven't given you my bio. Let me, let me make this statement. 99% of the people in this room and 99% of the organizations represented in this room do not market in the year that we actually live in. All of my time is spent, all of my upside in my career has been predicated on that one move that I told you about, which is doing the things I believe you're gonna do before you do. It's not because I'm Nostradamus, it's because I pay attention and I get my hands dirty in the reality of the current marketplace. I spend all my time in two places, the clouds and the dirt, nothing in between. I theoretically strategize, and then I actually execute within those channels. The day Vine came out last year, 
the app Vine. Familiar with Vine? Raise your hands, I'm just trying to context here. Great. When Vine came out last year, I'm running a 300-person social media agency. I am who I am. And out of all the employees, all 300, nobody spent more time playing with Vine on the first two weeks that it came out. And I get home at 11 p.m. From 11 p.m. to two o'clock in the morning, for three and a half weeks, I played on Vine every day. Because the thing that really pisses me off, and I'm about to get some smiles in the crowd, usually from the younger set, the thing that really pisses me off is when people have points of view on products that they don't even fucking use. <laughs> right? I was, and, and that to me is the most interesting thing. Back to marketing in the year we live in, let me paint you a picture. I was in a boardroom the other day with a client, billion dollar company, markets to 12 to 19 year old females mainly, and a little bit of 12 to 19 year old male. And I basically set out the New Year's plan where most of the money, both creative and distribution, above the line, below the line, is completely forced into the environments of Instagram, Snapchat, and Vine. And I give all the data compelling reasons. I mean, anybody in this room that even has a pulse to what's going on understands exactly why all the money should be spent there creatively and distribution-wise, but knowing that I'm dealing with a Fortune 500 company and an executive team that doesn't necessarily know all those nuances, not lucky enough to have kids in that age just yet, gotta know your audience, I give them all the data, all the rationale to why. At the end of that meeting, gentleman looks at my, my face and he says, Gary, this is great. He goes. I get it, but you know what? I don't think we're gonna go with this because very honestly, I just don't get Instagram. So I look at his face and I said, that's great, dick. That's his name. I go, <laughs> I go that's great, dick, that you don't get Instagram, but 200 million of your customers do. And so, I stand here in 2014 and I ask myself, why in the world are people marketing like it's 2009, 2007, 2004, 2001, 1999? And the answers are clear. Some people just don't see it, I respect that. But the answers are much more complicated than that, aren't they? They're because there's political reasons not to do it, or my favorite, they don't understand the ROI of it yet. Meanwhile, We've accepted the ROI of traditional mediums on ludicrous horseshit, with all due respect. Allah, everybody here who's ever run a print ad in their career has run a print ad predicated on eight times distribution of the print magazine or newspaper because John might leave Sports Illustrated on the train and Ricky might come along and pick it up and go to page 147. We've accepted this. We've accepted outdoor media, billboards, I've spent plenty of money on them in my career, because some dude stood on top of a building one day 20 years ago with a clicker, clicked it a bunch of times, and we mathematically predicated that out into the volume growth of population over the last two to three decades. We've accepted Nielsen ratings, which I don't know for Canada, but in the US, 5,000 boxes representing 300 million people's television viewing habits. So we've accepted in marketing and advertising what anybody with any hardcore math discipline is going to look back on in the future now that we live in a digital environment as the dark ages. Because the companies I'm an investor in, 
Uber and Birchbox and all these other companies that have done well or the retail company that I run or the retailers that I'm involved with who have direct response businesses where you spend money and you see what it brings back. They're all pouring their money into Facebook unpublished posts right now. Meanwhile, while everybody else is reading Ad Age and saying Facebook organic reaches down, I'm not gonna run any more Facebook. We are living in really interesting times and most people aren't executing on so many different variables, they can't show the ROI. Look, I get it. You wanna show the ROI of your Instagram campaign and you've got somebody disciplined above you that doesn't know how to quantify it and you walk in and say, hey, we did really well this month. We got 1,700 hearts. That's a tough thing to sell through. (laughs) I respect that. At the same token, there is a fundamental reason why big companies go out of business because they don't market and execute in the world we live in. It's why they don't. They wait four to seven years for people to create a reporting mechanism to to justify what's going on in reality while everybody else innovates and executes and takes their business. Blockbuster didn't have the data to tell them why to buy Netflix for $40 million eight years ago. That put them out of business. And so we go on and on and on. Look, this is the same thing over and over. I built that wine retail business from three to $60 million because in 1996, when I launched winelibrary.com, which was one of the first e-commerce wine businesses, first of all, that was ridiculous and early. Most people in 1996 told me they weren't gonna put their credit card into a computer. And for the people in here a little bit older than their 20s, remember really debating that first time they ever did put a credit card into a computer because the one thing we're grossly underestimating in this room, including me who fancies himself in knowing shit, is that the internet is just begun. How many people in this room remember the world pre-internet? You actually remember living your life and there was no internet. Raise your hands, raise it high. Yep, most of you. Most of the people in this room remember the world pre-the internet. Forget about fucking Snapchat or Vine or Facebook or YouTube or all the things we spend all our time on talking about which all didn't exist just 10 years ago. The internet itself is basically 20 years old. And I know there's some nerd in the background like, oh, I'm actually 1959. I know fucking nerd, but I mean when normal people went on. (laughs) Normal people have been using the internet for about two decades. We're just starting, and everybody in here is grossly, and I mean heavily, underestimating the culture shifts we're living through. These are massive culture shifts. And so the behavior of our consumers in marketing and how they decide to buy, and most of all, in the way we communicate with each other is massively changing, massively. And our actions in the way we advertise and execute and storytell don't match the way we actually live our lives on the consumer side. You're marketing and trying to make shit happen very differently than the way you're acting as a consumer on the other side of it because you have vested interest in the success of the marketing over here and you don't over here. We are now using technology to get away from marketing at all costs. How many people here now, besides watching live sports and award shows, watch most television on their time? You know, PBR, TiVo, Netflix, On Demand. How many people in this room watch most television on their time? Raise it, I want want you to raise it, I want everybody to look around. We're talking about 80% of this room. How many people in this room have spent 2014 fast-forwarding every single ad when given the opportunity. Please raise your hand. Oh, weird, all of you. 
Meanwhile, my clients at VaynerMedia, the biggest clients in the world, in, in Canada and every country, meanwhile, they are fast forwarding. Every user is fast forwarding. Meanwhile, they're spending tens of billions of dollars producing and distributing commercials, trying to reach you to tell you your story and you're not seeing it. Even if you're lucky enough that somebody dropped the remote control off their bed and the fucking commercial got to you, even if that happens, <laughs> even if there's the luck of that happening, all of you in this room, the second that thing goes to a commercial and they're telling you a story that you don't want and you're not there for, you're pulling for your laptop, your iPad, or your phone, and you're texting about what you just saw, catching up on email. The thing that we're all battling for, whether you're EA or StumbleUpon, a radio station, whatever, B2B, you've got a platform, PR, writer, I don't care what you do, the one thing that binds every person in this room, every single one, regardless of career, is we're all battling for attention. The commodity that everybody in here wants, the one thing that you all want, every one of you want in your career is attention. Get my attention, then tell me why I'm so awesome, why I should buy ads from you, why I think you're good, why you bring me value in what you're trying to tell me. And the supply of attention has not grown. As a matter of fact, it's decreasing because the volume of stuff being thrown at us has exponentially exploded over the last 10 to 20 years. And now we have a battle. We have a supply and demand issue. And so people think that they can do the same old thing they did 10 years ago to break through. Direct mail, outdoor, radio. Look, how many people in here now, when they drive, listen to the music that's on their phone? How many people do that? I'm just curious. That's about 25% of this room. That's about 25% more than five years ago, right? And these trends happen, and they change, and things happen, and so I don't think traditional media is dead. I don't think a commercial is dead. I don't think a billboard's dead. I don't think a radio ad's dead, direct mail. I don't think they're dead. I just don't think they're worth the price they were five years ago. It's as simple as that. And that's business, right? Outdoor media. Do me one favor, when you leave this keynote, when you leave this keynote, do me one favor. When you're driving home tonight, Please look at three people when you're driving. I promise you, two of the three people driving are looking at their cell phone, right? People are looking at their cell phone. So you think they're looking at billboards? My friends, people aren't looking at billboards. They're not even looking at the fucking road anymore. (laughs) Who here can't wait to go to their laptop or tablet and click a banner ad? Who's fired up? 0.01% click-through ratio. When in our lives has 0.01% of anything been deemed a good thing? These are the reports back at media buying agencies that everybody's high-fiving that like, oh, not bad, 0.01. I'm sitting like, what the fuck are you talking about? That is ludicrous. Now let me paint you a picture of what I mean by marketing in the year you actually live in. In 1997, I launched Wine Library's email service. How many people here have done email marketing at some point in their career, been close to the email marketing? Awesome, a good amount. You ready for this one? You're gonna love this one. In 1997, 400,000 person email newsletter, I had 89.9% open rates. Yeah, shit that we could never achieve now. You know, you're a hero at 30 something, hero, right? 89% open rates, like 63% click through. I mean like, stuff that you couldn't even begin to make up right now. You know why? In 1997, there was a different world and I'm gonna make a statement that I believe in more than anything. More than I believe that the sun will actually come up tomorrow, I know that marketers ruin everything. (laughs) 
and I'm a proud marketer. I am that. I can't wait to ruin Snapchat. I, do you know why I, do you know why, yep, yeah, I'm serious. You know why I stayed up for three days, three weeks, excuse me, on Vine? To figure out how to ruin it. That's the truth. Now the nice thing is ruining it these days is making native ads and it's getting a little bit better as we continue to hack at this culture, but that's what it is. Marketers hadn't ruined it yet. Groupon and Living Social hadn't come along yet and emailed you shit you didn't want every day 16 times a day. Marketers ruined email. Marketers, by that purpose, are ruining social media. Social media looked a lot different in 2006 and 7 than it does right now. It's what we do. It's how it rolls. So, when I had 100,000 followers on Twitter compared to the million that I have now, I got dramatically higher click-throughs and engagement on the stuff that I tweeted out because the supply and demand curve was in a good place. We just ruined things. It's what we do. Banner ads, wanna talk about banner ads? In 1996, when I ran my first banner ads, we had 24% click-through. 2.4 out of every 10 people that went to a website clicked the banner ad. Cause they're like, ooh, what's this fucking thing? Right, like, that's what it was. And when, I, and when Google AdWords came along, I bought the word wine for 10 cents and owned it for nine and a half months before anybody bid me up. And now it's a $14 word, right? And then when banner retargeting cookie ads came along, I cookied the fuck out of all of you. <laughs> when people thought you ate that shit, right? I knew what it was, I used it, and it worked better. It converted more. We weren't used to being followed around. People even sent emails like, wow, you guys are buying a lot of ads everywhere because we didn't even know that was the behavior yet. And so over and over and over, it's a very simple game. Innovation comes along, there's opportunity, first move advantage, there's a value proposition, it gets more expensive. Facebook dark posts. If you're an app developer that really understands what's going on, how many people here are familiar with the term Facebook dark posts? Raise your hand. All right, so let me really get into it. Facebook unpublished posts is the proper terminology. Dark posts is the slang term. Facebook, right this second, you have the ability to target every single person on Facebook. You don't need a single one of them to be a fan. You have the ability to make a picture, a video, an infographic, whatever you want, and then target the living shit out of it to data levels that we've never seen before, downright to like MasterCard behavior. You wanna sell some soap? Pretty cool to like target somebody who actually bought soap in the last 30 days. Wanna buy soap that wasn't your brand soap in the last 30 days? You can target the 300,000 people in the last 30 days that bought a soap that's not your soap and you get to put something in front of them. Targeting at a level we've never seen before. The conversion rates that I've seen on Facebook unpublished posts in the last three months are the single best digital asset marketing thing I've seen since Google AdWords in 1999-2000, yet, the hyperbole of organic reach drop going down has all the marketing rags talking about why it's bad and why debating people if they should double down or triple down or, or get completely out. This is the common story over and over again. And so what I implore everybody to understand is this. It's very simple. You know, I know, you know I, I'll talk about Walmart. I know it's more of a US-centric play. Walmart's out of business. The biggest retailer in America is out of business. It's just a matter of time now. Right? They didn't do the right strategy to the world we're about to live in over the last decade. Amazon did, and the game's over. And it's over. They have the end, whoever has the end customer wins. Amazon has the data, has the customers. They're building 13 warehouses in the US right now to do same day delivery within the same day of your delivery, and it's over because we're lazy. We value time. That's what we care about. When I invested in Uber, people were like, nobody's gonna pay for that. I'm like, they may not pay for a premium black car service, but people are gonna buy time because you value money, your health, and time. 
That's what Uber sells, time. That's what Amazon's gonna sell with same day delivery, time. That's where we live in. And so we're living through massive, massive culture shifts. One that I think people are grossly underestimating. One that people get very comfortable in, oh, we thought all these things were gonna happen, then they don't, and then they really go out of business. The reason Borders Bookstore went out of business in the US was because Amazon came along in 95, got all the hype, the 2000 internet bubble came, Amazon lost 91% of its value in the stock market, not in actually how they were doing with customers, in the stock market, and Borders decided they were gonna take advantage of this opportunity, and they let Amazon do their distribution online. They didn't build their own capabilities, and Amazon paid them. There's literally border executives I know that said they'd laughed in the boardroom when they made the deal, that Amazon was gonna do all the work for them and they were getting paid. Meanwhile, Amazon was just collecting customer data, collecting customer data, and in 36 months, Borders was basically out of business. The key thing is this. Everybody wants to know what the ROI is right now. And just because there isn't an ROI at this exact second doesn't mean that it's not valuable to do. The lack, and I come from retail, family business, where it wasn't about how many impressions you got or how many awards you won in fucking can. It was about if we didn't sell fucking Pinot Noir, we weren't gonna eat, right? So it was results driven. And the only thing I ever talked about and thought about and the only way I story told and the only way that I marketed was about lifetime value and percentage of wallet spend. Something that I have heard zero of since I've come to corporate and agency America. And that to me is the opportunity. Who here actually cares about their customer? Who here wants to have a customer forever? Who here wants to execute? And it starts with having a great product, but it also means how to property storytell in the world we actually live in, contextually to the platform. The amount of people in this room that believe they have a story to tell, they make a video or have something to say, and then use social media as distribution is by a high percentage. Most people here look at Facebook and Twitter as distribution channels. I'm gonna do something over here, I'm gonna take the link, and I'm gonna post it on Facebook and Twitter and drive people. They treat social like email marketing. What they completely lack and where all the upside is and what I basically wrote about in the book is storytelling contextually within it so the results happen within it. No reason to send a mouse somewhere else People, I mean, people really get an emotional, romantic point of view of driving people out of social to their website so their website can do their thing. When at the end of the day, as long, I mean, would you care if you sold somebody in your house or at the park? It doesn't really matter as long as you sold them. And so there's just a lack of strategy in my opinion. One, by the way, one man's point of view. One man's point of view that spends all his time thinking about why in the world are my friends raising a million dollars, starting a company, and then heavily hurting companies that have $500 million in market cap. Why are we living in that world right now? Why are we living in a world where companies within 36 months are able to massively disrupt the incumbent that has so much more money and so much more legacy, so much more brand equity, and so much more infrastructure? And it's happening because the internet itself. The internet itself has eliminated the costs of infrastructure to go to the consumer and storytell in an efficient way and in a quick way. And meanwhile, what I spend all my time in, not trying to allow my customers to spend money on dumb shit, because that's what they do all day long, we're spending money on dumb shit. 
and we're not storytelling to where the consumer is. And this is happening at scale. The fastest growing demo for 40 to 60 year olds right now is the fastest growing demo on Instagram. Instagram's fastest growing demo is a 40 to 60 year old. The people that are taking the most selfies in the world, growth curve in the last six months, are 43.3 year old females. 43 year old females are the highest growth curve in selfies. Moms are fucking pulling it out and snapping the fuck out of selfies at a scale that nobody thought. And so we're disregarding a very important fact. I I wanna really pound this one home for you. I really want you to hear this one because Way too many people are gonna pull the, well my customer's not their card. Or my demo's not there. That's a favorite fucking card that I wanna fucking burn right now. Let me explain to you what's going on with your fucking card, right? Your, my customer's not there, let's talk about that. The highest conversion of consumption on Facebook right now is 46 to 63 year olds. Because they've gotten into the habit and they're not leaving. It's why your mom still has a Yahoo email address, right? That kind of shit. Number two. Number two, if you look at the behavioral data, the clothes she buys, the way she goes out, and how often, her routine, the way she engages on social, right now, the average, and this is an American stat, so I don't have it for Canada, I apologize. The average, bless you, the average, the average 44-year-old female in the US's behavior maps to the average 29-year-old American woman's behavior only 10 years ago. We are living through the youthification of our society. For anybody here over 35, 40 that can remember their parents at some point, at that age, everybody in here that's capable of it, think for one second right now of your parent at the age you are right now, and I promise you, they were much older than you. (laughs) Their behavior was much older, we're living through a massive youthification, and it's because of the shift in technology. How many people here have a daughter or son that's 15 to 22 years old? Raise your hands. Thank you. So for the 30 of you, do you remember the conversation you had two years ago when you said, hey little Ricky, I don't care how you talk to your friends, but when your mother and father call, you pick up the damn phone. Remember that one? Just curious, how'd that work out for you? (laughs) Let me explain to the rest of the crowd how it worked out. There are grown ass men in this room in their 50s that texted LOL and OMG in the last 24 hours. That's what happened. Uncle Bob's like, where's my emoji con? Right, so, <laughs> shit's changing. And it's funny to laugh and it's interesting to watch and you're seeing it anecdotally in your life. You're going out, you're seeing it, you're seeing it, you're tasting it and you're disregarding it in your execution, in your marketing and running your businesses. It's just the way it is. And honestly, I know there's a huge crossover in here. I know there's a 20 to 40% of this audience that knows it, sees it, but can't do anything about it because as the layers go up, it gets killed somewhere along the line because there's no ROI, there's no belief in it, it's not safe, you can't do it. Still doesn't stop from it being wrong. And so that's it. That's how I see the world. I see enormous opportunity for the people that want to market in 2014 and 15, want to respond to the behavior, want to understand. How many people here have done SEO or SEM marketing in their career? Google came out recently saying that Google AdWords in the last six months are down 20% in click-throughs. Behavior, marketers ruin everything. Google was pure. Remember Google 99, 2000, 2001, 2002? Remember Google, where you search something and the first result was always what you needed? That's how they got there. That's how they became Google. 
now ads everywhere, and you click them at first, right? Because they still were kind of on track. Now, it's such a mature marketing funnel that a lot of those ads aren't as valuable to you. You're not clicking them as much, and now Google search SEM AdWords are going down in the other direction. No different than everything else. No different than the social ads in the next half decade. No different than everything else. The opportunity, the singular opportunity is to execute in the reality of the marketplace. Not too early. I know augmented reality's coming. It's coming. I know smart refrigerators are coming. I know smart pants are coming, but I'm not marketing. Smart pants real quick, because I've seen it already. Smart pants. Are you guys ready for smart pants? Jesus, you're fired up. Let me tell you real quick about smart pants. Imagine putting on your pants in the morning and your pants texting you and saying, hey Lou, eat a salad today, fat ass. Smart pants. Smart pants connected to your phone in a world where we all pay with our phone, which is basically a half decade problem at this point where most of the POS systems just have to be updated. So when you're paying with your phone and your phone's connected to your smart pants and you put on your pants in the morning and you're running through the airport like I'm going to be in an hour and I haven't eaten all day, so I'm hungry, so I'm gonna go really quickly to a Burger King or something of that nature, order a Big Mac and then I go to pay and it's declined and it again reminds me to eat a fucking salad. (laughs) That's a real reality. Or, Or the smart refrigerator where you put a Bud Light into your refrigerator, six pack, and you pull it out. You put another Bud Light six pack in your refrigerator, you drink it over three days, you pull it out. You put another one, you drink it over three days, now the refrigerator knows your drinking habits about two a day, and when you're down to two, the refrigerator reorders the Bud Light for you to be delivered at your home. So who's that gonna disrupt? The liquor control board? Possibly. My wine shop? For sure. Costco? Walmart? Tesco? Guys, we are living through massive disruption that everybody's glossing over and wants to not say anything's happening because they have vested interest in it staying the way it is because that's what they're comfortable with or romantic about. It's how they make their money or their bonuses, but none of that ever. It's just how innovation works. It's how capitalism works. None of that stops the progression. And if you're closely paying attention, The progression of innovation has never been at a speed of this level because the infrastructure is now coming into play. This is the second industrial revolution. Everybody's sleeping on it and I highly recommend you wake the fuck up. Thank you. All right, episode's over. Like I said in the beginning, please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gary. Today's highlighted review is I Needed This Episode by Missy Marie Amidori. I needed this reminder that when other people win, it does not mean I'm going to lose. I have work to do on my abundance mindset, and this episode was just amazing. Thank you, G. Keep those reviews coming. We could highlight yours next.